Hello and welcome to this audio version of my blog post, my 2019 summary blog post that I created. You're listening to the sultry sounds of Lucas Bain. And by sultry, I mean incredibly nasally because my nose is blocked and I can't really breathe through it. So you'll once in a while hear me do that. You'll hear me breathe in because I have to. It's part of my will to survive. I require uh, air for it. But um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to do a audio version for all the lazy bastards out there who didn't feel like reading and enjoying my incredible writing firsthand so they wanted me to actually read it out for them but uh but this is all this is going to be all about my life in london blog post my 2019 life in london blog post where i describe the 2019 year and what went on for me mostly it's a revolves around the travels and the misadventures that i have with myself and my girlfriend but um but yeah it all starts uh, at the beginning with the move So 29th of November, 2018, my flight out of Vancouver and the perilous journey to follow my dreams internationally begins. Dreams is a euphemism for a girl in this case, because I always had the dream of following a girl internationally halfway across the world. But uh, anyways, flying to London Heathrow Airport on the prestigious Air Canada, it wasn't the most pleasant flight. It started off great. No peanuts or complimentary champagne. Instead, I had an elbow in my ribs from my compatriot flying next to me and a screaming baby behind me. Absolutely pure bliss. It got even better about halfway through the flight. A gentleman nearby decided he had enough of the baby's beautiful song and tried to keel over. Unfortunately for him, there were some expert staff and two surgeons on board to make sure he made it to London. Propped up on fluids, and uh, we didn't have to divert to Iceland, which was nice. We landed in London, and he was taken away in an ambulance. I didn't get an ambulance escort to sweep me away. Instead, I was meeting up with the girl who I had been assigned to live with. Again, assigned is being used as a euphemism here. I'm dating her, and so far, she's letting me stick around. So so from Heathrow Airport, there are a multitude of options to get you to the city. It's quite a ways away from the actual city of London itself. I mean, well, not depending on where you live in London, it's... London's huge. Anyways, uh, there's a multitude of ways of getting to the city, and one of them is on the... Uh, the underground, the tube, whatever you want to call it. The train line from Heathrow Airport is actually my favorite train line in the world. It is the Piccadilly line to Cockfosters. Cockfosters. If you ever make a trip to London and you don't take this incredible line, you will have sincerely missed out. There's a lady's voice who announces it every stop. I can't relay to you strongly enough how hilarious it is. Every single stop. This is a Piccadilly line to Cockfosters. Ah, fantastic. Well, anyways, uh, after the move, after the actual flight itself, it was pretty uh, pretty uneventful. Uh, the next few weeks were filled with meeting new people, hosting Christmas parties while extremely jet-lagged, and doing my best not to alienate any new friends with my charming personality. I would rate my move to London a 6 out of 10. The flight could have been better. The holiday season was to be spent away from home because I had obviously just moved to another continent and it was way too soon to be going back during the worst time of the year to travel. So instead, the female compatriot and I stayed at home, ate cheesecake and drank wine. I highly recommend the experience. Family is great, but have you ever been day drunk while eating cheesecake with your hands? Otherworldly. Christmas alone, 8 out of 10, highly recommend. 
All that joy was squashed, however, in the new year as the word that my 93-year-old Oma, or the Dutch version of Grandma, was close to passing away. We booked, we booked tickets to the Netherlands to go and visit, but unfortunately we were going to be a week late to make it. She passed peacefully, and the funeral was scheduled for the weekend that we were due to be in town. So the girlfriend was actually going to have to follow along and meet all of my family, including family that even I hadn't met. Keeping in mind, we had only been living together for six weeks, so this was going to be a real test of how good-looking I am. If she stuck it out through this, it would prove I am indeed one handsome son of a... My mother was there, as well as it was her mom that passed away. It was great to see her and spend some time in Holland with her again. Highlight of the trip was eating all-you-can-eat sushi two nights in a row. No Dutch pancakes or cheese or anything typically Dutch, just lots of sushi, which is rice and fish. I guess the fish makes sense because the Dutch people really like fish, but but I really wasn't expecting to have all-you-can-eat sushi two nights in a row with cousins. So that was uh, quite the experience. But overall, Dutch people, 9 out of 10 funerals. Five out of ten, they're depressing, and I don't enjoy them. So the next part of this sort of audio blog, what do you call that, a log? Palog, or podcast log? Anyways, um, it's going to be, I'm going to refer to pictures in the text, so if you really want to, you could jump online and have a look at the pictures, but I'll do my best to describe them to you. But next on the docket was a planned trip to Marrakesh in Morocco, so North Africa. Um, And our trip was booked with a 24-hour layover actually in Madrid, allowing us to spend a bit of time in Spain, drinking wine and visiting the independent coffee shops that Madrid is famous for. So this is one of those moments, like I mentioned before, that I was going to mention a picture. And uh, this is the one where we found uh, a Tim Hortons in dead center in the middle of, of Madrid. It was actually hilarious that uh, Tim Hortons had spread from Toronto to none of it to Madrid in Spain. Anyways, enough about Spain. The first tip when heading to Morocco that I found is being able to speak French or Arabic fluently because you're going to need it. The innocent, oh, look, I'm Canadian, doesn't exactly work there. They couldn't care less. However, since they were colonized by the French back in the day, most people speak French, and bringing a girlfriend who speaks French fluently and could drive a hard bargain with the taxi driver was incredibly helpful. We ended up spending four days in Marrakesh, and in all honesty, it was not the greatest experience, and I'm going to take a break from the joking tone to tell you why. The old part of Marrakesh is one big tourist trap, and there is still a huge population of impoverished people who live there because they have to, and it creates an awkward dynamic between the white visitor and the locals. Our idea was to explore and experience the culture around the city by walking, but it felt extremely unsafe as soon as you left the main part of the touristy center. We actually got uh, into sort of a more rural market, not rural, but it was just outside of the center of the city where we got sort of cornered by these two kids who were trying to scam us and basically we just had to march through them um without giving up any money because they were they were obviously trying to scam us but yeah kind of scary but and we also went on this uh this excursion out of the city where it's a trip out of the the city they're called excursions uh and those are also littered with or the one at least that we went on is littered with tourist traps we took a trip into the mountains and besides being forced to watch these old ladies slave over making moroccan oil uh, we were also forced into a restaurant that was obviously provided as a kickback for the tour driver and uh, overall the waterfalls weren't all that impressive 
So all in all, not the greatest experience to uh, to Morocco. The pictures you see on social media, people who have visited, do not exactly reflect the situation. That is still very apparent in the north of Africa. I don't. Uh, I wouldn't recommend going to Morocco for, to anybody. I mean, if you want, if you enjoy the the touristy, trappy things like going and you want to ride your camel and get that checked off, go for it. That's for you. But I, I personally did not enjoy it. So I give Morocco a two out of ten, and I will not be returning. Next up uh, is actually we are going to make a trip to Paris. Now I have been to Paris before. Uh, I went there with my brother in 2012 after actually visiting London for the Olympics. But this time, it's going to be different. Like I mentioned a little bit before, is that my girlfriend actually speaks French fluently. Uh, she's from Montreal. And one of the reasons we were going to Paris was to visit her family. She has a sister who lives there. So to the city of love that we go, and according to some bullshit statistic I pulled up, 92.6% of all children are conceived in France. That's probably not a joke you want to make with a girl you only just moved in, but I did it anyway. I'm a renegade. Who has no regard for consequences. But anyways, back to the story. We were due to spend the weekend in Paris visiting some of the girlfriend's family, as I mentioned. Uh, her sister, uh, husband, and the two children, or I guess three children, sorry. Uh, <laughs> if they're listening, I'm sorry, I forgot there's three. Um, and the beautiful time of year we chose to go was actually spring Brexit time. The time of 2019 when the UK was supposed to leave the EU for the first time. But they botched it, so we got a second and then actually a third go-around. But, uh, but Paris is a great city and I highly recommend it for anyone to go there just to enjoy the smells, the women, and the protesting. They throw a really good protest. The weekend that we were there, the storefront destroying protests were so in seriously there was the chandelier was actually um quite destroyed and my girlfriend's sister works for for nike and their their store got absolutely destroyed the front windows all got caved in and people actually looted the the store the first floor of the store and took everything they could so and our train back to london being canceled resulting in us having to fly out at 7 a.m after eating two kilograms worth of cheese the night before we did have an amazing trip. And the two kilograms of cheese I'm talking about is we went for cheese fondue where you could go to this. It's a super touristy place, but it was, I, I mean, I said before, I'm kind of contradicting myself. I don't really like tourist traps. This place is actually kind of cool. There's, it's this little hole in the wall out somewhere in Paris where you can eat cheese fondue and drink wine out of these baby bottles because they don't trust anyone not to spill, but basically drink wine out of a baby bottle. So you, you drink it uh, from a nipple. But uh, So I give it a seven out of 10. I can recommend drinking wine from a nipple. Never thought I'd say that sentence. All right. So, so far, the two trips we've taken, or sorry, the three trips that we've taken, uh, it's been myself and my girlfriend. But so I figured it was time. Uh, I left the girlfriend behind for once and took a trip with some friends. And my friends, they weren't, they weren't really friends. They were, they were actually sports colleagues. And, uh, and the sport was ultimate frisbee. For those of you guys who know me, play up quite a bit of, uh, a bit of ultimate frisbee and the uh, tournament we were destined to go to this time was Tom's Tourney which is hosted in Bruges in Belgium um, have I got your full, full attention yet I know you're fully excited to hear this story but basically we ran around a bunch chasing some plastic also we could sit around a bunch drinking some Belgian beers and it was an absolute blast we ate some good food and enjoyed all that Bruges has to offer which isn't a whole lot. It's a tiny city and it takes about an hour to fully walk around. But we did it twice. 
three times actually. We were there for three days, but uh, I, I love Bruges. I went there uh, last year in the summer as well, or sorry, in 2018 in the summer as well, and I absolutely loved it. So uh, I give Bruges an 11 out of 10. I fucking love Bruges so much. That... Anyways. So yeah, leaving the girlfriend at home for one trip was all that my heart could bear. So I fixed to drag her out to our next Frisbee tournament and get another sport colleague to drag his girlfriend along as well. Turns out both the girlfriends are vegetarian, or at least uh, try to be. And we're, we were, where we were headed was not uh, too vegetarian friendly. We were actually heading to Vienna, which is in Austria, the home of multiple palaces, all kinds of different art, a weird version of German, and lots and lots of sausages. Myself, I eat mostly vegetables at home because it's easier than trying to force my girlfriend to eat meat. It actually was quite hard. The number of sausage jokes I had to throw out just to keep this whole thing PC was was way too high. I even I'm pretty surprised that I got to sneak the get my girlfriend to eat meat part into here. <laughs> uh, anyways, turns out my sports colleague, uh, which is he's featured in the in the picture you can see on the blog, is in the same boat. He uh, eats they eat vegetables mostly at home, but uh, doesn't mind eating a bit of meat when they go out. So when we got home, uh, when we got to the home of the hot dog. The warehouse of the wiener, the birthplace of the bratwurst. We were in heaven, or so we thought. I recommend that uh, you make sure your body is ready to ingest an absurd amount of animal protein after not having done so for a while. Although we were in absolute heaven for the first few days, the two days of actually playing frisbee tournament were not my favorite of all time. Sausages went in, but that is definitely not what came out. Uh, yeah, uh, besides the sausages, the one thing I can highly recommend about Austria is heading out to the Wahau Valley to go sample some very tasty adult juice. And by adult juice, I of course mean, uh, actually the laymans are calling it wine these days, but I like to refer to it as adult juice. We did it on a bike tour and it was a ton of fun, uh, even though there was, a, there was a family on the tour that had never ridden bikes before. Um, we actually had to leave the mother in one of the towns we stopped in because she couldn't ride anymore. It was hilarious. It wasn't like a mountain mountain biking ride where you had to go up hills or massive hills or anything. She just literally had never ridden a bike before, and they had signed up for this tour, which was frustrating and hilarious all at the same time. This mom was struggling. She was probably in 18th gear trying to get going. I had no idea how any of it worked. But anyways, it was still it was a lot of fun. Um, we left, obviously, leaving that one one person behind. Still made it all the way. But yeah, Vienna, Austria. Didn't think I'd love it as much as I did. Uh, give it a 9 out of 10. Sausages are always worth it. The next story is actually a story from home, from in London, from, from here. We didn't travel anywhere for this story. Uh, it was a very interesting experience as we were actually allowed into the gardens of Buckingham Palace to roam around as we please, we joined the Royal Tea Party, which is something that the Queen throws, I think, three times a year. In the summer, she invites the commoners into her palace, because as a Queen, you have to do that. You do have to invite the commoners in uh, once in a while to let them know that you are still in touch, even though your house is the size of a palace. It literally is one. Uh, but we were invited because uh, we're Canadians living in well, we weren't invited. We had to apply. That's a lie. I didn't I was saying invited. It's a lie. We had to apply to come into the Queen's Palace, but because we're Canadians living in London, we actually get, uh, or in the UK rather, is we actually get preference any of the Commonwealth countries. So Australia, 
uh, is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. You guys can apply as well if you're listening. And you live in the UK. Pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, we were invited to wait to watch the royals emerge from the palace and to walk to their royal tea tent. And then we were encouraged to join a massive queue to get some tea and biscuits. How fantastic. Doesn't that sound like the best thing you could have done? I know, I know. I certainly enjoyed my Tuesday afternoon. Uh, but yeah, we got really close to Queenie herself and got a glimpse of Harry as well. He made an appearance, but sadly, somewhere Meghan uh, was actually looking after their newborn, so we didn't get a chance to see Rachel Jane in the flesh. But uh, overall, 10 out of 10 experience. Queen tea is much better than commoner tea. I can give you that. But only a few uh, few weeks later after that, we... Uh, I found out that my family actually still loves me uh, with summer well underway. And now uh, it was my father who was making the journey to see me. Well, not just me. He's from England and had to visit his real family. So he was here for that. But it seemed rude not to come and visit me as well since I was also living in England. But uh, So he stopped by for a couple of days in London before heading up north to visit family and friends. Uh, we spent some quality time together drinking beer watching royal parades and reminiscing about how much he regrets not buying lo- buying property in London many years ago because it would have been worth a fortune now. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that was quite, quite interesting. But uh, after that moment of regret passed, it was time for him to head up north. I would follow him a few days later to join him on a trip through Liverpool and up to the lovely Lake District to back to his hometown of Penf- Penrith. And a fun fact about Penrith is there is a fudge shop that actually provides the queen with her fudge. I bet you didn't know that the queen actually had a specific shop that provided her with fudge. Well, now you do. And uh, actually the royals make trips up there all the time to go to the, <laughs> this tiny little town, uh, this farm town that happens to have a fudge shop in it that uh, that they go and visit. But uh, other than, uh, another fun fact is, uh, is that my aunt, or not my aunt, my dad's aunt actually lives still lives up there still and she's 97 she's old as hell I, I think she's really close to 100 I can't remember her exact age um, and she still lives alone uh, she is going a bit crazy though and if you go on the actual blog post you'll see I posted a picture of her talking uh, we're all sitting in a room talking and she's actually she's she thinks she's talking to us but she's facing the wall she is partially blind like partially I would say she's 75% almost 80% blind which is crazy the fact that she still lives by herself um, but yeah, she's talking to the wall, which is absolutely, absolutely hilarious. So on our timeline now, it's actually, uh, it's almost the middle of summer. Uh, in June, I was lucky enough to receive an offer to start a new job in London. Uh, I accepted and as part of the training, I got sent up to Edinburgh in Scotland. Different country, same union, uh, spending the prime part of July in a different city meant that I had to make the most of it. So I signed up for Netflix and been watched... Breaking Bad, Peaky Blinders, and another show that definitely wasn't porn. It wasn't porn, okay, Mom? Uh, Since that plan only took up about one and a half days, I needed to get out and do something. So uh, my girlfriend actually was able to come up and join me for a weekend. So we went on a road trip, causing her to get nice and car sick, because apparently I drive too fast on windy roads, but allowed me to get an even sicker picture of the nature. So you can go onto the blog, check that out. Um... It's a fantastic picture. I don't think I've ever taken a better picture, but Scotland does have some amazing countryside and even nicer people. I actually spent a day in Glasgow, and although I couldn't understand, 
a word people said, I was able to lock down two godfathers and a future for my future children, as well as three potential daughters as suitors, uh, if this current relationship doesn't work out. Again, I couldn't really understand what was being said, but I'm pretty sure that was the gist. So I give Scotland, Edinburgh, and Glasgow, I'll give you an 8 out of 10. It's English, but it's hard to understand. And once again, since uh, we'd done some done some things for me, I think it was time again to do some things for my girlfriend. So uh, so we since we enjoyed hanging out with the family so much in Paris, we figured it would be a great idea to do it again in Italy, which is not Paris. Paris is in France. So this time we would cause our own stress and wait until the final hour to book tickets. So they cost a fortune and weren't the most convenient, but oh well. Once we moved past that, we were on our way to San Benedetto del Tronto. And that is a real place. It's uh, uh, in- impossible to say, but it is a real place. And it's a small town on the east coast of Italy. It's also a pain in the ass to get to, especially when you don't buy train tickets ahead of time for the fast train. And you have to ride the slow train with no air conditioning and old Italian men in Speedos man-spreading like it's the fucking Black Plague. Sorry for that uh, that F-bomb there, but I just really wanted to get my point across. But uh, one thing I learned, um, or well, not one thing, it's five things uh, I learned. Spending a, small, a week in a small town, small Italian town, it definitely gave me a good in-depth look at what the Italian culture is like. So I put a little, uh, a little list together for you, because uh, I like lists and I like numbering things. So number one, men are gods in Italy. Men, they are. It's just, they're the top of the food chain. It's it's incredible. You have to you have to go to experiencing yourself. I'm not going to go in further into that. It is 2020 after all. Number two, tomatoes are the only vegetable, even though they aren't even a vegetable. It it is almost impossible to buy any any kind of vegetable that isn't tomatoes. It's quite hilarious. You again have to experience it. Number three. If you have dinner before 9 p.m., that is sacrilegious. Every time we had dinner, it was 11, 10 to 11 o'clock at night, and that's when the appetizers came out. It was about midnight when you actually ate dinner. It's absolutely, it's crazy. I, Italy and Spain have the same sort of um, style of culture in terms of food because it's so hot during the day. No one, no one goes out and eats during the day. That's crazy. Why would you do that? We have the middle of the night to do that. Number four, they are very proud of Italian things. Like if you mention there's a car or whatever, they love that car. But if you say, oh, I want to drive a Renault or something from France, all of a sudden, Renault is the worst car manufacturer in the world. It's absolutely incredible. Number five, a huge street party for a small town in Italy includes four food trucks. Yeah, it was a huge street party. They, they they talked it up. It was the biggest street party of the year. It was Donald Trump worthy of a street party. Donald Trump should have been there, actually. It was so huge. But uh, I think that was a small town problem rather than an Italy problem. It was just hilarious to hear everyone talking about this this massive party that was happening. But uh, but overall, that's the end of my list, by the way. There's only five items on it. But overall, uh, I had a, an, an awesome week being treated like a god and hanging out in the sunshine. Eight out of ten. I would move there for the machismo. I know I said earlier it was sort of a give and take between myself and my girlfriend on trips that we did, but uh, the next trip is actually also a girlfriend-specific trip. Uh, It had to happen eventually. I moved in with her, and it was only a matter of time before I had to meet her father. 
Uh, I had met her mother earlier in the year. I hadn't mentioned that, but I met her earlier in the year. She came to visit, uh, and we got our, we got along great. That was the easy part, though. Her mom is born in South Africa, just like me, but her dad is Italian and had a bad habit of referring to me as the Jehovah's Witness over the phone. To give you a bit of context, uh, my girlfriend's family is Jewish, so me having a name like Lucas, which is almost the same as Luke, which is a story, not a story, a book in the Bible, um, not in the version that the Jewish people read, the other version that the Christian people and especially the Jehovah's Witnesses read. Anyways, I got this nickname referred to as the Jehovah's Witness. So as a result, a trip back to Montreal, where my girlfriend's family is from, was next on the travel list. Um, I'd only flown through Montreal Airport and never actually stopped in the city, so this is my first time stopping in Canada's French capital. Uh, we spent a lot of time getting over Chalak <laughs> and visiting family and friends for the Jewish New Year, which is called uh, Rosh Hashanah, but I like to call it Rash and Banana because it's easier to remember. So yeah, as, as I mentioned, that's one of the reasons for the nickname bestowed upon me is apparently... It is quite biblical, and and that's what makes me a witness. But like Italy, I learned quite a few things while I was in Montreal, and I also made another list. So here's my next list for you. Number one, the term goy. Um, The term goy is uh, what Jewish people refer to uh, the muggles as, or if you don't know what the muggles are, it's basically non-Jewish people are called goys. I'm a goy. That's the term I learned. That's number one. Number two. Montreal and New York City are the only cities in North America that you aren't allowed to turn right on a red light in. Well, it's a hard sentence to say. Uh, Montreal, it's because the drivers are absolutely terrible and the city actually doesn't trust them to be able to make the conscious maneuver of turning right on a red light when it's clear. And New York City, because there's too many pedestrians and it makes sense, so you wouldn't want people turning right on red lights. Number three, and this kind of relates to number two, Montreal drivers are terrible. That's all I have to say about that. It is quite scary uh, being in a vehicle in Montreal. I highly recommend public transit where you have a chance of actually surviving. Um, but don't drive in in Montreal. But as far as I know, that's the end of my list. Uh, it's only three this time. I know they're getting shorter here. Lucky you. Uh, but as far as I know, I made a good impression on the girlfriend's entire family and created a good bond with her father. It's actually now he only calls me Joe, which is, which is nice. I, I think it's still short for Jehovah, but it's an improvement. And hopefully one day I'll actually learn my real name. But uh, but yeah, Montreal, 9 out of 10. I had to give it a high score because it's my girlfriend's hometown. So yeah, 9 out of 10. And this brings us to the, the final trip of the year. So the final trip of the year was uh, scheduled to be at the beginning of December. And uh, it was scheduled to Munich in Germany to experience the most festive of things, warm wine and pretzels. Um those aren't festive at all, but it was the idea was to go to um, the Christmas markets after having experienced the Christmas markets in Hamburg about three years ago. I was excited to do it again, and now that I was so close to mainland Europe, I figured I might as well might as well do it again. And I managed to rope three other unsuspecting victims to join me on the adventure. If you stay with me all this time, you would have seen that we haven't had the best of luck with actual travels, like actually traveling. We had terrible trains in Italy. We also didn't get great flights to Italy. We, yeah, we've just had some bad luck. And, uh, but uh, it, didn't, uh, it didn't stop for on our last journey. Uh, what was meant to be an hour and a half flight from London turned into one of the strangest travel experiences I've ever had. Our flight 
was on Lufthansa, which is a very good airline. It's the German top airline. And it was due to leave London on Friday um, at 8.15. Initially, it was delayed 30 minutes, which is fine. I've had flights delayed before, no big deal. However, uh, as we are at the bar waiting for the call to board the flight, uh, it's further delayed until 9.30. So it's an hour delay now and then again until 9.45. So it's annoying, but not world-changing. So we begin we begin boarding at 9.30 and finally begin our taxi to the runway at 10 o'clock. And uh, if you were actually listening closely, you would have noticed that I mentioned the flight is one and a half hours long. Some other interesting information is that Munich Airport has a curfew of midnight for all arriving flights. That means it will not allow flights to land after midnight. You're probably thinking, oh, one and a half hours from London to Munich? That would put you at 11.30 no problem. What you probably hadn't thought about was that 10 p.m. in London is actually 11 p.m. in Munich because time zones and England just wants to be special and have their own special time zone where they're one hour different from Europe because Brexit. And yeah, so by the time we enter German airspace, we have probably already missed the curfew. So as a result, the pilot comes over the PA system to announce this and inform us that we are now going to have to be diverted to Hanover in Germany. And for those of you who are good at geography, those two cities are not close to one another. We now fly an additional 30 minutes on top of our original one and a half hours to finally land in Hanover at 1 a.m. local time. And so because this isn't New York City and the town actually sleeps, there is no ground crew to help us get off the plane. So for almost 45 minutes, we sit in this metal tube in the parking spot waiting for them to come get us off the plane. And finally, we are rescued by some ground staff and forced into another lineup waiting to get through passport control where there's these two guys who just have the worst job. They have to wait for all the late flights that land after midnight that didn't make it into Munich, but we're in Hanover. But anyways, from there, it's a mad rush to the airport hotel to try and salvage a few hours of sleep because we had just been notified that the flight... Uh, we'll be heading to Munich in the morning at 6 a.m. Uh, funny note that I didn't add in the blog here is that when we got to the airport hotel, our plane was absolutely full, so the lineup for check-in was huge. And now it's about 2 o'clock, 2.15 in the morning. No, I would say it's a bit later than that, actually. It's about 2.30. So we're already only going to get about two and a half hours of sleep at this point. Um, having only, yeah that amount of time but I think it probably took about an hour to get people uh hour and a half to get everyone checked in so that anybody anybody who got a place to sleep only slept for maybe an hour hour and a half but anyways thankfully our flight at 6 a.m goes almost roughly to plan we leave it about with like a 25 minute delay in the morning and um and we arrive in Munich nine o'clock in the morning or something so uh, besides that our end our weekend ended up being a bunch of fun we drank, we joined, we went to all the Christmas markets. We drank a bunch of Glühwein. Um, I actually ended up staying up the whole day on that day. Um, everyone else took a little nap uh, to break the day up, but I was a true champion. I know, self five. And, uh, and stayed up the whole time and had uh, just kept drinking Glühwein. It was absolutely amazing. Um, we ate pretzels. We got a tour of the city from some friends of uh, one of our compatriots. And, and it was a lot of fun. And our flight back to London had no hiccups at all. And it was great. I'm just kidding. We almost didn't make it, and it was one. Of, we were one of, we were actually the last people to board the plane, and it was one of the most stressful times of my entire life. 
But yes, uh, Munich overall, fantastic city, amazing city. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Munich's an amazing city, but I had a terrible travel experience. And with that, um, that ends uh, one year of adventures in London. I would be remiss if I didn't make some honorable mentions to the people who were able to make it here or stop by and say hello and to see me. I sincerely appreciate you, and I won't put your names out there on the internet because this isn't about you, it's about me. But uh, check back again next year where I'm sure I'll totally forget to do this and I'll make it all up. But, uh, but thanks again for listening to this audio version of my blog post. If you were super intrigued, feel free to go to the actual blog post and read about read about it. And you can actually read everything I just talked to you about. And you can look at the pictures. The pictures are nice. But, uh, but yeah, now that you've done this, you should probably go do something productive with your life.